Amen. God deserves the praise. For the last three weeks, we've been talking about on three. If you don't know and you haven't been here, let me catch you up. It's as if you're on a team of some sort, basketball, volleyball. I even said if you're on the chess team. You might put your hands in the middle and say, one, two, three, team, go. Some of y'all run track, play basketball, different things like that. You know those moments we say, one, two, three. In this series, we've been coming together, getting on mission together. The first week, we talked about being a family on mission The second week, we talked about how we were created for this, what God had called us to, how God's created us and called us to go and make disciples. And then this week, we're talking about leading as a spiritual parent. And for those of you who say, well, I'm not a spiritual parent. I'm not a parent at all. This doesn't apply to me. It absolutely applies to you. Matthew 28, 19 says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. At some point in your spiritual journey, you're called to be a spiritual parent. There is no one sitting here that is not called to be a spiritual parent. Maybe you're not yet, but God has called every one of us to eventually be a spiritual parent. So if you're sitting here saying, well, that's not me, then I challenge you to look at the scripture because Jesus speaks against what you're saying now. He wants you to get on track with what his plan is. And whatever unique abilities and gifts he's given you, he's called you to make disciples in the area of your unique giftedness. So you have to be trusting God that he's going to direct you as a spiritual parent where he's leading you. And if you follow where he's leading you, you're going to have the richest and the fullness of life. But if you don't follow where God is leading you, he promises you in the word that there is a dead end and there is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And to go against God's plan would be going into sin. So let's look at today how we lead as a spiritual parent. Exodus chapter 2, you can go there with me. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to express and explain some things, paraphrase a little bit of the text. In Exodus chapter 2, we want to look at a great character. Some of you all know the name. Some of you all don't. I know y'all thinking I'm about to say a name with the M, but I'm actually going to say a name with a J. Yachbed. Yachbed was the, mo- was the mother of Moses. And Yachbed had to make a hard decision as a parent. As the earthly parent, Yachbed had to take Moses and put Moses in a basket and send Moses up the river. Imagine having to send your child or a little brother or a little sister or a little cousin or somebody you really love that's younger than you to send them, put them in a basket and send them up a river. But the interesting thing was The options were death. Either it was death or she'd become a fugitive and try to run away from one of the greatest armies in the history of the world. She chose to do what she thought she had to do and send Moses up the river. I'm not going to dwell on it long, but she sent him up the river, and, and Moses began to go up the water, and his little sister, his bigger sister followed him up the water, and then Moses ended up landing right there. If you've ever seen the movie Prince of Egypt, you'll know what it is. It, one of the princesses of Egypt. Right there in her little garden. She picks him up, sees the baby, and the older sister runs up and says, hey, you want me to get a nurse for you? And she goes and gets the mother. God blesses this specific situation. And I know you say, well, what about all the other babies? God knows exactly why he's created things and when he's taking things away. God gives and God takes away. And we look at that situation and say, well, that's really bad. All those other kids have that we understand. All of us come to the place where we have to leave this earth at some point in time, whether it's through Jesus returning or whether it's through our own death. But the great thing about it is if you know the Lord, You'll be in his presence. So we're not, condi- we're, not, we're not saying that was good. We're not condoning it and saying that was a great thing, but it happened. And so this baby lands at the princess's steps. She picked him up, give him back to his mother, and she, raised, she nurses him for a couple years. Some of you all know you normally don't go past two years old, but I've heard of mothers going all the way up to like five, which is super weird to me. And so she nursed the child all the way to about two, somewhere around there. Historians don't know the exact timeline, but she nursed the child until he was old enough, and she had to take her baby and give it to the Egyptians. And I love what Acts says. 
in Acts chapter 7, verse 21. See, because God had huge plans for Moses, and though she couldn't see it, God had a huge plan. Acts chapter 7, 21 says, Now Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. See, God, when he creates you and sets something in you and gives you a unique calling, he's also going to provide the things that you need to execute the calling. See, God had called Moses for something super great, but he didn't have his earthly mom there to lead him. God was going to do something to challenge Moses in a way that Moses had not been challenged when he was in Egypt, getting all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom from the Egyptians, mathematics and all the histories and all these different things. He learned all those things, but God had something. It was interesting. God had to force Moses out of his comfort zone so that Moses could begin to grow with his spiritual parent in a place called Midian. It's interesting that in Midian, the Midianites were pagans. They were people who were heathen, people who were not really God-fearing, but there was one who stood out amongst these Midianites, his name was Jethro, or Arul. If you look it up, he has two different names he's given. Jethro was the priest of Midian. Let's look at it. In Exodus chapter 2, Moses and Jethro, there's a tandem and a team coming here as a spiritual parent. It says, but Moses fled from Pharaoh. Why did he do that? When Moses grew up, Moses had an affection and affinity for his people. Somewhere in the text, he learned that he was Hebrew, not Egyptian. Somewhere between the time he was nursed and given to the princess, he learned that he had a Hebrew heritage. I don't know if it was his look, his eyebrows, his hair, his eyes. I'm not sure what it was, but he found out that he was Hebrew. And it didn't say that he was necessarily this God-fearing and going to do all this stuff. It said he, had, he, he was looking at the oppressors and wanted to help his people out and free his people. And so he went and murdered one of the oppressors who was trying to hurt his people. And then he went out and said... Now I'm going to help my people. I can, I can, I can free my people. Moses had been raised with this, with this gift to want to free his people. So he goes to his people. He sees two Hebrews fighting, and he says, what are you guys fighting for? And they look at him and say, wait a minute. You thought you did that behind closed doors? He said, we, you killed the Egyptian. You, you killed him. Are you going to do the same thing to us? You're going to kill us too? Moses realized somebody knew what he had done. See, because when he killed the Egyptian, he tried to hide the Egyptian. Right? He thought he got away with it. Right? Remember, I didn't say that Moses was necessarily walking hand in hand with the Lord yet. But Moses had this, this thing where he wanted to stand up for the oppressed, his people. So after hearing that, that the people knew what was going on, he ran and he went away. And we land here at our text where it says, but Moses fled from Pharaoh because Pharaoh wanted to kill him and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian is who he ran into. He ran into his daughters. He had seven daughters. And, and if it's up on, is it up on screen? Y'all might not have it. If you have that, it's Exodus chapter 2, verse 15. If you want to look it up, Exodus 2, verse 15. When he got there, those seven daughters were getting water from the well. Moses shows up, and as the, the one who wants to free the oppressed, Moses comes, and he says, I want to help them out. Why? Because the shepherds there were causing a little drama and trouble. And Moses, with his oppressive, want to free people from oppression, he tries to help. Uh, obviously, Jethro didn't want to cause a lot of conflict. He didn't want to cause a lot of struggle. So obviously, he didn't step up and stop it all the time. But Moses sees this and is like, nah, this is not going down while I'm here. Moses begins to walk and act in the calling that he has and stands up for the daughters ends up connecting with Jethro through this little uh, scenario. And Jethro, his daughters come home. They leave Moses there. They come home. Hey, this is this goddess there this, that helps save us and help us get our water. Jethro says, how'd y'all get home so fast today? Normally, it takes y'all a lot longer. And, and they say, this is God there to help us out. He says, why don't you bring them? The introduction of the spiritual parent happens. It's interesting. Moses spends 40 years there in Midian with Jethro. And it doesn't tell us all of their interactions, but I can see through the text that Moses had a respect for what Jethro had to say. It's something I see very interesting. Moses was content living there with Jethro. 
Nobody follows a leader if they don't feel that that leader has the capacity to lead them. Once you reach your cap as a leader, then people whose cap goes beyond your, they're going to leave and go somewhere else. But if you're a leader that has a high capacity, then people will stay under you and serve under you unless they have the wrong heart. We see that exact thing happen with Jacob and Laban. When Jacob, did he felt like he had grown and he began to be blessed. Some of y'all know the story, some of you don't. Jacob was one of the sons of Abraham. He felt that he uh, was, be, was being blessed. And now he was like, man, I've grown and I don't want to stay under Laban's care anymore. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not content to stay here. Hey, I've done all these things. And it says here in the scripture, I'm going to read it. It says, Genesis 31, so Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that as I served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. It's interesting when you're being led by somebody who doesn't have that capacity and God begins to bless you beyond what they're doing. Sometimes they can get jealous and get mad and want to cheat you. This is what God says. There's four things God gives for a great leader. And I say this to you because all of you all are called to be that spiritual parent at some point in time in this journey in your life. So here's the four things, the four qualities you need to have as a spiritual leader as you journey in the spiritual walk of your life. Trust. Compassion, stability, and hope. Trust, compassion, stability, and hope. These traits are very, very obvious with Jethro. He has these things. So Moses stays there with Jethro for 40 years. 40 years he stays in that situation learning under the tutelage of the priest of Midian. And after he learns, he marries his daughter, he marries his daughter, right? He has a great respect for him. So much so, he becomes so comfortable in that situation that God has to show up in a powerful way to let him know, okay, time up. It's time for you to get moving. It's time for you to go do what I called you to do. Moses was out there serving in a different position. Remember, he was the prince of Egypt. And now here he is, a shepherd. The shepherds were looked at from the Egyptians as like least then. They were less. They were, they were nothing in the eyes of the Egyptians. And now Moses is now the king. He went from being the prince to being a shepherd. But he was finding new life there as a shepherd, being led by one of his spiritual leaders there. Jethro was obviously a great leader. Moses became a great leader. Joseph was a great leader. Jacob was a great leader. But guess who is the greatest leader? Jesus. And Jesus shows us something very important about being a great leader. Jesus invites us to follow his lead through servanthood. We talked a few weeks ago about how Jesus washed the feet, how Jesus wrapped that towel around and got down and he served. It's interesting. It says, uh, this is what happens. Jesus taught this. Uh, spiritual parents lead their families by submitting their agendas to God and making personal sacrifices. And there's a question that comes out of that for you. What personal sacrifices are you making in order to lead someone in the ways of righteousness? I'm going to read it one more time. What personal sacrifices are you making in order to lead someone in the ways of righteousness? Two great questions come out of this whole situation. Two big, huge questions I have to ask you. Who are you speaking into? Who is speaking into you? You've got to look at that. Who are you speaking into? Who's speaking into you? Jethro did this to Moses. He spoke into Moses' life. And we're going to see later exactly how he spoke into Moses' life. It gets really interesting and really good. Spiritual parents want the best for their children because they've had an encounter with the living God. When you've had that great encounter, that moment, like Jacob, when he was wrestling with that angel, he, he had this great encounter, you want to share it with your children. 
When God has done something and moved in your life, you want to share that experience with your children. Jethro had obviously experienced something, but here's the interesting thing about Jethro. He reminds me of what Jesus says when he says, blessed are those who have not seen God, believe but have not seen me. Jethro reminds me of that because Jethro had not yet seen God. And I know you're saying, well, we don't see that in the text. You absolutely do see that though Jethro became the spiritual parent of Moses, Jethro had not yet fully been, he hadn't seen that moment where God had done this crazy, incredible thing in his own life. He had just been being faithful to the task to do what God called him to do. And here's how he was faithful. He fed his children. He trained them. He observed what they were doing. He told them the truth, and then he released them. And ultimately, Jethro celebrated their victories. He did that with his own family. He did the same thing with Moses. He did the same exact thing with Moses. And I don't have it up there. I wish I did. I'm going to say it one more time. If you can write it down or take the note, feel free. When you're leading spiritual children, this is what you do. You feed them, just like your real children. You train them up. You observe what they're doing, all the things they're doing. You tell them the truth after you've observed the things they're doing, right? Because you love them. You're going to tell them the truth about what's going on in their lives. Then you're going to release them. Because they've learned these lessons, right? It's time to release them. And then you're going to celebrate their victories. And guess what you're going to do after that? Repeat it all over again with the next disciple that you go make, the next spiritual child that you make. This week, a few of my guys and I were released from our spiritual parents. We've been doing discipleship processes for the last year. Our lives have been checked. Our lives have been being tested. And we've been given those, those moments to see, do you have the right heart to serve God? For a year, we met up at the restaurant over and over again, and we did incredible things together and talked about some deep, deep things. And just this week, our spiritual parents released us. God is calling us to do those same processes, sharing all these moments together and be released to go and do the same thing. As a spiritual parent, you're going to be there at one point. But there's one point before we get done, because we're pretty close, I want to share this. Jethro took these same steps with Moses. In Exodus 18, this is what Jethro did. Exodus 18 Uh, Verses 9 through 12, Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. I know you say, well, what happened? Moses got that call from God in the burning bush. Moses went back to Egypt. Moses helped deliver the people from from, from, uh, the Israelites. He helped deliver them from Egypt. And then they ended up going out, leaving, because all the things that happened, they wanted to get them out of there fast. They got them out of there, and Moses led them out, and then the army followed them to come kill them. If you've never seen it, the, arm, the Egyptian army following them out. They was mad. Oh, you taking our people? All this stuff, we coming to get y'all. So heart, their hearts were hardened. They followed the Egyptians out. The waters opened. The cloud of fire came down. Guess what? Jethro wasn't there, but he got to hear about the goodness of God that happened through the spiritual child that he trained up for those 40 years as, as he spoke into Moses' life. So although he wasn't there to see it, He got to hear it. Here's what's interesting. In your life, as you train up people and release them, as you are that spiritual parent, God is going to give you the opportunity to notice and witness your child in the faith going out doing powerful things. You're going to get to see that if you stay faithful. And you're going to celebrate them just like you would celebrate your child if you stay faithful to the call that God has on your life. So when they arrived on land after that water crashed down and took all those lives of those Egyptians, This is what it said, Jethro rejoiced. And Jethro said, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of Pharaoh, and who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods, for in the very thing which they behaved proudly, he was above them. A great moment that Jethro was able to grab and say, man, this is awesome. I want to celebrate you. You went and did what God called you to do, and I celebrate you. In your life, 
the people that you are leading, the people that you are guiding, the people that God has called you to, you've got to celebrate them. But then you've got to release them after you've trained them up properly. You've got to remember that. You cannot be a spiritual leader if you have not been born again and full of the Holy Spirit. There's no way you can lead somebody if you don't have the right spirit. So it's critical that you get the right spirit. Because without the right spirit, it's like you're a captain on a boat and you're blind. And there's an iceberg right in front of you. And you're headed straight for that iceberg. But you have nothing to lead you away from the iceberg. You are going to crash and the ship is going to go down unless God saved you. But if you have the Holy Spirit of God, you are the captain on that ship. God is the one driving you right there. Although you're the captain, you don't have the responsibilities to lead it because the Holy Spirit is going to lead it. You're going to be right there with him. He's going to lead you right where you need to be, right past all the obstacles and things that come your way in his spirit. It doesn't mean things are not going to try to hit you, but they won't sink you and they won't drown you because you trust that God is the one that's keeping you as you go along the journey, as you take the path and do what he's called you to do. Spiritual leaders are not driven by alternative motives from God's plan. If you're a spiritual leader and you have the spirit of God, you're going to do the things that God is saying. And finally, a spiritual leader has confidence that God is active in our world, that God is doing things beyond what you think is possible. God is active behind the scenes, controlling the world, controlling the way things happen, the way the sun moves. We said it last week. If the sun was any closer, the earth would burn up. If we were any further, we'd freeze to death. God has synced everything perfectly for our sake. We have to trust the God that created it all. And if we create him, we'll know that he's our greatest leader. He's our heavenly father. And he sent his son. And this is what he said. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. And while we were yet sinners, while we were in our sins, Christ did what? He died for us. And here's the most incredible part. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart the Lord Jesus that he died and he raised from the dead, then you can be saved. And once you are saved, you receive his spirit, then you can begin to walk and do the things that God has called us to do in the spirit. But you must first know who God is. You must first be born into his family. And if you're born into his family and you're walking by his power and by his might, you will lead other people. You will release them. You'll challenge them. You'll share with them the truth of God because you know God and you have him in your heart. So maybe you're in the position of a child right now. Maybe you're not that spiritual leader right now. Maybe you are not the one that's in control and sharing and giving training. Maybe you're the one learning. Learn all that you can in wisdom. Ask God to open your heart to learn all that he has for you in this season. If you feel like, man, that's me. I'm the child in this. Right now, I need to learn. Then God has placed you here. He's placed me as one of the spiritual parents. Pastor Eli is about to come in. He's placed him. He's going to be here as a spiritual parent in faith. Pastor Nathan, brother, uh, Pastor Nathan, who's not here today, spiritual parent in faith. Our associate pastor, Brother Ted, Brother Tim, a spiritual parent in faith for somebody. He and I were just released. God is going to do that. There's some elders here who are spiritual parents in the faith. Don't let yourself be without that spiritual leader and direction that you need. You need it. It's vital to your success in the spirit. If you want to find success in Jesus, get you a spiritual leader who's faithful, who's going to show up, who's responsible, who's going to call you. If you're not having anybody calling and speaking into your life, you've capped yourself off for your growth. You've capped yourself off for where God is going to take you if you don't trust in his processes. So I want to challenge you today to let God increase the cap by letting people speak in and give wisdom. I'm going to show you how in my own life I've applied that for myself. 